It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Paul Clark is the executive editor of Imbibe magazine and the author of The Cocktail Chronicles, navigating the cocktail renaissance with jigger, shaker, and glass. Over the course of more than a decade of writing about spirits, cocktails, and the culture of drink, he's written for publications including the San Francisco Chronicle, New York Times, and Imbibe, and websites including Serious Eats and The Tasting Table. In 2005, Paul launched his pioneering cocktail blog, The Cocktail Chronicles, which now serves as inspiration for his book by the same name. And he's joining me this morning on Amy's Table from Seattle. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Amy. So, wow, the world of cocktails has changed since you put your your uh, your oar in the drink, if you will. <laughs> so, so, absolutely. How, tell me about the the biggest changes. What's what's everything old is new again, and what is new too? Well, absolutely. You know, the, when I first started getting into the world of cocktails a little over 10 years ago, um, there were certainly stirrings around the world of people starting to explore some of the older recipes and started starting to try to tinker with uh, creativity and innovation with cocktails. But over the, that span of time, over that decade, we've seen creativity in the cocktail world just go supernova. Uh, we've seen bars around the world really embracing some of the more uh, obscure, some of the, some of the lost flavors and some of the lost ingredients, as well as tapping into that creative vein that we see going on in the food world. So it's been just a tremendously dynamic 10 years uh, in terms of cocktails. And, and honestly, I think we're just getting started. I think this is going to play out uh, for years and years to come. Do you think that the, the creativity of the cocktail and the care that goes into the cocktail will maybe affect um, a new generation's thoughts about drinking, like it's not necessarily that you're going to slam it so much as you're going to savor it? I, absolutely. I think that the, the direction that we see this going is uh, drinking less, but drinking better. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it's very much going to follow what we've seen happen in the world of craft beer uh, and, and with uh, domestic winemaking in the United States, where people uh, rediscover flavor, uh, they rediscover the character of it, and realize that enjoying that drink is, is really best if you, if you keep it in moderation. Right. Uh, so people are really discovering that flavor and, uh, and then enjoying a nice, quiet, civilized evening as opposed to as he said, slamming it back and having uh, you know a much longer, hard-drinking evening. Yeah, exactly. Well, it seems like everything is very much more culinary now. You know, it's really um, thoughtful ingredients, good quality ingredients, often local ingredients that put together a cocktail, and that's very interesting, too. I do sometimes get a little tired of all the pomp and circumstance around creating a cocktail, I have to admit. Mm-hmm. Like, on occasion, I'm just like, sure, just give me that drink. Sure. And sometimes more than others, but I think you know what I mean with that. Sometimes it can get a little silly, but I I do definitely love a a well-thought-out cocktail for sure. So when, when cocktails first started, I mean, gosh, I don't even know really when did cocktails first start. Well, cocktails have their roots more than 200 years ago. Wow. Uh, they kind of sprang out of the uh, uh, the punches that were being carried shipboard and, and there were popular refreshments during the age of exploration. And it wasn't really until we got to the New World and, and really the early years of the United States that we saw that 
style of drinking transform into the cocktails, transform into these kinds of uh, single-serving beverages meant to be consumed in a, in a fairly short time, uh, and, and then you move on with your day. So the cocktails are, are a distinctly and uniquely American creation, and it's been very much a part of, of our culinary uh, heritage uh, for, for 200 years. Wow. They really kicked into gear late 19th century and as we got into the early 20th century, it seemed like that was just going to uh, continue and continue. But then, of course, we had prohibition in the United States, um, which kind of you know put a damper on the party. Certainly did. My goodness, what a time that was. Well, what are some of the very oldest cocktails known, and and which of those have sort of been revived lately? Right. Well, some of the oldest cocktails uh, in circulation. Um, you'll still see and, and, and still maybe some of the, the favorites that you see in a craft cocktail bar today. So you have drinks like the, uh, the Old Fashioned, which is really um, replicating, in a way, uh, the very earliest form of the cocktail as it was circulating 200 years ago. Or drinks like the Mint Julep. Uh, these were kind of, you know, the dinosaurs of cocktails. These were the earliest things coming out. Very, very simple, very, very flavorful uh, creations. And, and those remain to be, you know, some of the, the things that are favorites among bartenders and among cocktail connoisseurs today. You know, it's funny, Paul. I would kind of liken that to classic recipes that have been around forever. And there's a reason because they're so good. They, you know, just speak to what a human being is looking for. I mean, you know, spaghetti, um, mac mm-hmm. and cheese, coco vin. I mean, you know, all of these classic things that there's a reason that they stick around so long because they're so fantastic. And I think that's important. Well, the holidays are coming, and of course, everybody wants to be a good host. And I guess I would ask you, are there a handful of can't-miss cocktails you suggest we have on hand? And if we're having a larger party, are there any cocktails you think are really just ideal for batching? Right. Well, you know, this is the time of year when people really start tapping uh, the cocktail shaker a little bit. You have guests coming over. You're trying to figure out things to serve. Um, and so simplicity is going to be key. As you mentioned earlier, uh, cocktails have become very involved. If you go to a lot of restaurants and bars nowadays, but you d- they don't have to be. We can find some of the most flavorful, some of the favorite cocktails that are those elements of simplicity and, and that do lend themselves to preparation ahead of time. Um, some drinks that, that work really well. Uh, in in this uh, manner, uh, the old-fashioned, which we mentioned earlier. You could very easily um, prepare a batch of old-fashioned in advance. Just keep it in the bottle until your guests arrive and you're ready to go. Just pour it over ice and and you're ready to move. Um, One other cocktail that really lends itself well to the holidays, it's festive and it's a little bit lower alcohol, is the classic champagne cocktail. This is another one of the earliest drinks out there. It's nothing more than a sugar cube that's been doused in Angostura bitters or or some other uh, cocktail bitters of your choice. Put it in the glass and top it with champagne. Very easy, very flavorful, uh, tasty, and and you know, and it's very festive as well. It is um, and swanky. Your so guests absolutely. will love that. Yeah. So okay, so I love this idea of having the old fashioned or the champagne cocktail ready to go. There are a lot of newer drinks that are coming out, and which do you think of the last ten to twenty years are going to be tomorrow's classics? 
Well, that's one thing I tried to do in the book is really look at the landscape today and pick out some of the contemporary drinks that I think stand a genuine chance of sticking around for a century. Um, a couple of the choices that I have in there that I think are really built uh, to last, one is called the penicillin cocktail. It's from a New York bartender uh, named Sam Roth. It's scotch whiskey with lemon juice, uh, ginger and honey syrup. Uh, and, and really, that's about it. It's very, you know, again, it's fairly simple. It has all of those very familiar flavors, ginger, lemon, honey, and scotch whiskey. Uh, and, and it's just uh, it's, it's just a delicious mm. uh, cocktail. It sounds uh, good. And another, oh, absolutely. And another one is another drink from New York called the Old Cuban from Audrey Saunders. Um, it's basically a hybrid between uh, a mojito and a daiquiri uh, with the addition of champagne. You have some fresh mint in there. Uh, you have some fresh lime juice and a little bit of sugar. And then it's topped with sparkling wine. So uh, it has a touch of elegance to it, uh, but it also has kind of an island appeal. It's very casual, but very elegant at the same time. Oh, that sounds really good. Well, there are so many drinks out there. Not as much are they being featured as they were in years past, but things like the Cosmo or, you know, everything was a flirtini or a, you know, girly teeny or just, you know, silly names like that. Are there any cocktails that you've seen pass by your desk, your bar that you're like, oh, please go away? <laughs> oh, every day is, it uh, feels like I'm walking through a blizzard of bad recipes uh, that, that just flitter past. And, and really the the beauty of the cocktail now is that we have so many things coming out and so many things to experience. A lot of them, you know, as, as you experience in restaurants, some of them aren't really built to stick around, but the, the beauty is when you find those wonders, uh, when you find those drinks where you think, this is really remarkable, this is really built to stand out, and I'm, I'm going to keep this one around for a while. For somebody who wants to tinker at home at their home bar and, and maybe create the next classic, of course, it's important to balance a cocktail. And so uh, do you have any sort of, you know, cocktail balancing 101 tips for my listeners? Oh, absolutely. You know, cocktails very much come down to, to basic math. Um, if you figure out the basic proportions of a the cocktail, then really you can go in any direction. Let, let, let's take a, a typical sour cocktail, like the margarita, for example. Um, and the classic margarita, you'll have two parts of the base spirit, tequila. Uh, you'll have one part of uh, the sweetener, and in that case, uh, orange liqueur, and uh, one part, or just shy of one part, depending on your taste, of the sour component, lime juice. And, you know, really, if you can start swapping those, uh, those ingredients back and forth, if you swap brandy for the tequila and lemon for the lime, then you have a sidecar. You can swap in a different liqueur, or give it a totally different flavor, uh, while still keeping that same kind of model. So once you get the basic patterns down, it really is easy uh, to start making your own cocktails at home. I love that. Just basic math. That's good stuff. Well, I'll tell you, if you're looking for good new ideas and even good old ideas to help celebrate and bring cheer to the holidays, you got to check out The Cocktail Chronicles by Paul Clark. And of course, you can find out more about the book and the blog at cocktailchronicles.com. And Paul has been kind enough to share a recipe for the lion's tail. It's a bourbon cocktail that I'll put on amy-tobin.com. Paul Clark, thank you so much for sharing information information about the book, The Cocktail Chronicle. Thanks so much, Amy. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102.